everybody. Welcome back to the Crypto 101 podcast. I'm your host, Bryce, and I'm joined today by David Wells, who is the CEO of Enclave Markets. Uh, David, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, you bet. It's uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Um, yeah, Enclave Markets has caught my eye. You guys are doing a lot of really interesting things over there um, in regards to cryptocurrency exchange and giving users the control, the power. Um, tell us a little bit about what this fully encrypted exchange is and how it's different from uh, any other DEX or centralized exchange that we might be already familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds great. And I think the the context of what's been happening in the crypto markets over the last year uh, can be helpful as much as uh, yeah, some of the things time. <laughs> un- unfortunate. But uh, but yeah, so we did actually start this project of building a fully encrypted exchange, which I'll get into more. But at a high level, we've essentially built a, a, you know, a centralized exchange model within an encrypted environment uh, that we as the exchange operators don't have, uh, you know, the ability to go in ourselves and sort of you know, uh, see customer data, take, you know, take customer funds, those types of things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we started this building over a year before all of these things happened uh, in crypto. And Did you uh, know what seen... was going on with FTX at the time? Or was this just a lucky hit? <laughs> no, we, no, 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 uh, no inside intel there. But, uh, you know, I've been in crypto since uh, probably about 2015, personally, and then professionally 2017. Um, so I've seen everything from Mt. Gox all the way through FTX. And so this, you know, this issue of sort of the, the centralized trusted operator with no with little oversight um, has unfortunately, you know, been a problem that has come up uh, over the years um, in crypto. And part of, you know, part of what drove uh, sort of like the DeFi movement was in response to this. Like, why do why do we have these you know, centralized systems? Um, so we built something that, you know, uh, basically maintains the performance of a centralized platform and the, some of the privacy aspects. Uh, so off chain order flow and account management, uh, instantaneous settlement. Um, but we have a decentralized uh, security and governance model. Um, and so our, our three, maybe without getting too much into the technical details, uh, our, our three main sort of problems we're solving for are one around security. Are your funds safe? Uh, in this case, you don't have to trust us. We have a network of independent third-party attesters that all uh, sort of hold a share of being able to access uh, or update the environments or access the funds. Um, fairness is the other issue that uh, you know has has been an issue in the marketplace where you have internal market makers where the exchange is trading against you. They have you know they can see your order coming before it he- hits the order book, or uh, you know others have preferential access. So is the market neutral? Um, and so we've built the FEX in a way that sort of guarantees that. Uh, through a code base that is audited by these attesters and external third parties, um, but then maintaining the performance of a centralized uh, model because the the one issue that we've had in you know the DEX markets is um, you know one you don't really have uh, the privacy because all the order flow is on chain. You still have issues of like front running that happens through uh, something called minor extractable value where you can sort of like have a sandwich order. People throw their they see your order, they throw an order in front of you and, and charge you higher price. Um, and then pretty significant sort of slippage and market impact that uh, that you experience in the DEX world. Um, and then there's also just the question around, you know, can you be compliant and uh, follow all of the, the regulations? And so we were able to build this in a way uh, that is compliant, you know, follows all of the sort of um, requirements of a, of a normal centralized market, but removing ourselves as the exchange operator, as the, uh, the center, sort of single point of failure that you have in the system. So you don't have to trust, you know, my tweets uh, or, you know, underwrite me as, am I a trustworthy person? Uh, we really use code to address uh, a lot of these issues. Beautiful. I love it. 
and how fortuitous uh, that we speak today, the day after uh, the CFTC hits Binance with uh, a lawsuit with uh, a whole litany of accusations, basically that you just had stated that you guys built your exchange that you cannot ever do. You can never get accused of front-running your customers or having 300 different uh, affiliated trading accounts uh, or anything like that. And so, I mean, this is, I mean, you guys are building something that the market is clearly uh, praying for and calling for. Um, so this is this is great timing. <laughs> yeah, re- really appreciate that. Yeah, I think on on our side, our challenge is to it, it, it is a technical solution. It's using sort of leading edge uh, security technology. So we use something called Secure Enclave, which is why we chose to put the the name Enclave right into uh, right into our name. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so our our job is to really educate on how this is possible because most people when they hear it they think like well. Yeah, that's what you say, but like I know what's really going on behind the scenes, but that's that's not the case here. We have our code base is fully audited, not just by our tester network, but by you know third party auditors like Trilobits and things like that. So uh, any update that we make to the code base uh, gets reviewed and audited. So this is truly sort of you know decentralized uh, oversight and security, um, but with a centralized model. Wow. And are there different order types that you could do on that? Is it just like a, a, a market buy, market sell, or is there able to ha- ability to have more complex order types? Yeah, great question. So one of the benefits of uh, the, the FEX model is the you know the, the order book and, and the matching engine. Those truly are sort of a, a black box, and so that gives you a level of privacy. Even though it's a permission network, we're making sure it's all good actors who are on the platform trading. Uh, it's all undisclosed um, and it's fully private and, and confidential. And so that allows us to create new, more sophisticated marketplace uh, models that have existed in traditional finance. Um, so there's something called a crossing network that has existed in equities and foreign exchange for a while. Um, and that's our first product uh, is inspired by that. It's a crypto you know, infrastructure version of that, but it's called Enclave Cross. And it's an undisclosed order book. Uh, and when the trades are, are executed, those are not published externally. Um, and the pricing mechanism uses a pricing oracle, which is an average uh, across external venues. So those those things combined means you can basically uh, come in, uh, have have an order, um, you know, submit an order confidentially. It's not going to be posted to an order book somewhere. You're not hitting a, like an OTC desk that is, you know, immediately knows your position and can start sort of like trading against you. Um, and then when the order is filled, uh, when the other side of the trade comes in, um, that's not reported externally. And so there's you don't have to worry about spooking the markets or spooking all the trading algorithms uh, that see trades happen and immediately start you know, adjusting pricing. Um, and you're not mo- you're not having any market impact. So because we use that external pricing oracle, uh, there is no you know, separate price on that order book. Um, so we think you know, the value proposition of the full encrypted exchange and the privacy you get there. Uh, leads to to this um, you know really interesting sophisticated marketplace type that hasn't existed in crypto before, um, but in you know in traditional markets this as an example this would be used by you know the the large asset managers that run your four hundred one ks the vanguards and the the black rocks they every day they have to buy and sell a large number of shares because they're essentially rebalancing their their portfolios based on you know you're contributing to your four hundred one k and that's going to go and buy a basket of S and P five hundred so um, you know those those large asset managers are often getting front run. And so they use uh, products like this crossing network in traditional markets every day. A, a pretty significant portion of, uh, of the large asset manager flow goes through this model uh, because it, it protects you against the front running and people sort of seeing what your position is and, and trying to uh, take advantage of that. And I guess my question is, why, why is Enclave the first to do this? Why hasn't Coinbase, why hasn't Binance, any of the other existing exchanges kind of looked at this kind of 
opportunity, this techno this technological ability and said, let's do this? Um, are they going to? It's a, it's a great question. I mean, I think one thing is the secure enclave technology. It has been around for a while. Actually, interestingly enough, uh, every iPhone has a secure enclave in it that holds sort of the kernel, the most the most sensitive uh, data, you know, that you have or, or private keys that you have on your phone. Um, so so the, the technology is relatively new. Let's say it's, you know, been around for 10 years, but really just sort of uh, coming into larger use case adoption over the last, you know, three to three to four years even. Um, but, you know, it's proven technology. But I think most of the centralized exchanges, you know, two things. One is they've been around a while. Most of them have been around at least five, if not 10 years. And so they have very large, you know, monolithic, um, you know, large databases and things like that. So it's tough for them to, we have a blank sheet. So we were able to build it with this, you know, encrypted model in mind. So I think from a technology standpoint, it's, it would be difficult for them to do that. But also, you know, as we see, like there's, um, there's a lot of uh, reasons why if you're a central exchange operator and you see all this data, all of your customers trading data and you monetize that, um, there's a there's a business case against doing that. So um, I think it would you know their business models are basically built in in part around uh, seeing this data, potentially selling that data externally right. uh, to trading firms. And so I think it's you know it, there's um, there's some disincentives for them to to do this model. So we wanted to build this from scratch, uh, launch it. It runs autonomously. The the network of attesters you know maintains it, um, and it's a pretty you know it, it's a pretty efficient system from our perspective. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and I, I was, you kind of hit on a little bit of what I was getting at because a lot of times the exchanges, uh, take advantage of their customers by design. I mean, you know, they might right. not refer to it as taking advantage, but they look at your orders and they sell your order flow or in That's some right. way, uh, you know, they're making fees, all that kind of stuff. And in a lot of the shistiness if we call it is that literally their business model and so yes, what, exactly. is, what for, for enclave markets what's the business model what's the profit center how are you guys making money sure yeah i think another important part of our value proposition is that our our, our fees and pricing are going to be extremely transparent so right now we're in beta mode so we're, there's actually no fees so you can sign up and use it today um, and, and there's zero fees, but you will see a, a place, you know, a line item where it, it says, you know, if there were fees, like this is where it would go. I think transparency and pricing and fees is, is extremely important. Um, and it goes in line with just sort of, you know, the, um, the transparency and trust and neutrality that an exchange should have. You're, you're really just, you just want to be a marketplace, uh, bringing people together and you take a very small, you know, fee, um, for doing that. Um, so that will always be disclosed. One of the issues, in addition to you know selling the data and trading against your customers and things like that, um, there's also this notion of you know hiding the fees. And so yeah. a, a lot of you know centralized markets will basically just put the put their fees in their price, right? That's like a spread that they put in. So they're charging you up to one one and a half percent or more um, in order for you to just do like a you know standard market order. Um, and we think that that's not you know that, that that's not long term uh, conducive to building trust with your customers. We think the fees should always be transparent. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so. I don't think that uh, some of these wide spreads and saying it's baked mm -hmm. in people people get taken advantage of, and and they don't really um, they don't know any better. And I think that's also one of the things that like you know the SEC um, is really coming after crypto for is for all those disclosures of like you know where yes. are you making money um, as an exchange? Disclose, disclose, disclose um, all that stuff, and hopefully. You know, whatever comes out of the grayscale lawsuit and Coinbase's mm -hmm. lawsuit that they're fighting right now with SEC, whatever comes out of it, hopefully it comes out to be, you know, more adoption, more, you know, more equitable opportunities for, for everybody in the States and, and globally. Um, yep. Is, is Enclave totally. available in the States? 
Um, it depends on where you're at. So okay. we're, we're not a, a fiat on or off ramp. It's all stable coin based. So that's where we look a little bit more like a DeFi um, marketplace. Um, there are uh, a little over half of, of the states don't require a license for that type of model where you're, you're not moving uh, fiat. And so we are up and running in those, you know, 20 to 30 states, we'll say. Um, and in the in the meantime, we're in the process of applying for what's called money transmitting license to uh, to be able to operate in, in the rest of the states. And then similarly, you know, for international jurisdictions, it's sort of a similar case by case um, scenario. But uh, but yeah, we are we are live in you know, more than more than half the states today. Okay, that makes sense. And um, I, a lot of people who are listening are crypto traders. A lot of them are NFT traders as well. Does Enclave Markets um, host or have plans to host NF, uh, NFT marketplaces? It's a good question. It's definitely something that's come up quite a bit. Um, we think, you know, in the first uh, in the first model of Enclave Cross, we use a pricing oracle, so we're looking at external venues, and there's sort of price, you know, price discovery externally there. So that doesn't fit quite as well with the NFT, which is more of like an auction model. Um, our next product, though, that will be coming live with, we haven't uh, formally announced, but that will look more like a traditional sort of central limit order book. And that's where that's a marketplace where we could trade uh, other interesting types of assets rather than just sort of like native crypto. But we could get into, um, you know, being able to host and trade some NFTs and things like that. Yeah. Hey, guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recorded. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it's truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think that one day, hopefully, um, you know, we could have these sort of, um, you know, really liquid markets for tokenized stocks and bonds and different stuff like that. That would be really cool. I think that, and you know, you know, MakerDAO or something could lend against those assets in collateral and there could be a really vibrant ecosystem. It's just, I don't know. It's, it seems like we're, there's a little bit of resistance to bringing real world assets on chain, whether it's just regulation Mm and, you know, stickiness there, not being able to like really move through it. What, What do you think of the barrier to adoption here is to get real world assets on chain? Yeah, it's a great question. This is something I've been excited about for for years. Um, for those who've been in the space since like you know 2017, 2018, there was the concept that you know, the concept of security token offering (STO) mm-hmm. um, was was fairly popular topic of conversation for a while. I think real world assets is a more mature uh, version of, of that idea. But you know what happened in in 2017, 2018 is you know most of the platforms weren't super mature, and so trying to get uh, those you know Web three platforms to integrate with like the traditional you know, world of asset managers and custodians and things like that. Like it's, we see how difficult, you know, custody is in crypto already. Imagine, you know, you're working with a a real estate custodian or an art custodian. You're saying like, Hey, you're holding on the, the, the legal deed to this, but like, let's tokenize that and break it up and then put it into this marketplace. So I think like there's a lot more nuance there, especially when it comes to obviously regulated securities and regulated markets. Um, there has to, you, you have to put in a lot of guardrails uh, into that system that are, that are programmed in, but we do see examples of, of this happening today. So um, we're incubated and backed by, by Ava Labs. Um, there was an oh, announcement cool. a few months ago where KKR is, uh, you know, through Securitize, tokenizing a portion of their private equity fund and making that available to users um, on chain, and that's going to be built on on the Avalanche chain. So I think you'll see more of that with like the the traditional financial world of asset managers and custodians working with, um, you know, the the fintech and Web three world to be able to to link those two together. But it does definitely takes time, and it's a lot of uh, a lot of legal uh, reviews, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um- I'm curious, just, you know, you, you've got a background in, in really the traditional finance world. You, you're a graduate of Harvard Business School. You worked at um, McKinsey, I believe, as well as Two Sigma, which, um, yep. you know, really popular hedge fund. I think Paul Tudor Jones seeded it originally, um, who's one of my favorite investors. So, you know, you you definitely rub elbows with a lot of guys in that space still, I imagine. What, what do they think of your move to crypto? Um, and what do they think of crypto generally? Are, are you having these conversations that look a lot different than they looked back in 2017 when you kind of first started out? And, or are they still poo-pooing our industry? <laughs> yeah, no, I would say it's it's much more the conversations that we have now. It used to be a joke in 2018. So I was at a, crypt, I was at a, a crypto firm called Paxos in, in 2018. And we would go around and have, have meetings with uh, sort of like larger TradFi, you know, market participants. And, you know, you'd have meeting after meeting after meeting. And, you know, the joke was like, if I hear about a, another good meeting, like I, I'm going to go crazy, you know, because that's all it was, right? It's just <laughs> meetings. Um, I, I see a lot more actual movement and investment uh, in, on the infrastructure side and also on the talent side. So a lot of the um, larger uh, TradFi firms are bringing in talent from uh, crypto Web3 um, to be able to truly understand it and sort of sort of like get ready to build out some of this infrastructure to be able to integrate. Because now that, you know, crypto has been around for 15 years um, and we're starting to see some, you know, much more like real world use cases uh, versus just sort of, you know, native crypto uh, asset trading, but using this infrastructure to trade all types of assets. I think, you know, you saw the, the CEO of BlackRock uh, say the other day, 
yeah. that, uh, you know, things all the world's assets will tokenize. So you can see like the it's starting to click and, and people are making investments that'll that'll still take, a, you know, a few years. But um, you can see it happening. You know, Nasdaq is another one that's, you know, announced uh, custody services for crypto. That's a starting point. Uh, Fidelity, you know, launched their crypto offering. So that stuff didn't really that didn't really happen. That was sort of just like a dream, uh, you know, five years ago. So I think that shows you that the staying power and the fact that people sort of recognize, OK, yeah, it's a volatile asset class. No question. And we've seen a lot of these bear bull cycles. Uh, but you can start to recognize a pattern of, OK, yes, it's it, you know, you've had a lot of volatility. Like I think there's been probably six or seven, 80 percent pullbacks in, in the price of Bitcoin since, you know, 2000, 2010, let's say. Um, but at the same time, it hasn't gone anywhere. In fact, adoption has only grown. Right. And so I think that that narrative continues to to persist where hundreds of millions of users are, you know, are now using this and are comfortable with using it, it in the U.S., tens of millions of users. So you're really starting to see some traction where people are saying, OK, yeah, we're going to sort of like ignore the the price action and some of the bad actors, which is going to happen in any new burgeoning, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like immature marketplace, especially in, you know, financial services or capital markets. Um, but they're, they are making, they're continuing to cautiously, I would say, make that infrastructure investment and in talent uh, to be able to understand, you know, what would, what, what are the requirements both on the legal side and the technology side, and then come up with like a real plan for being able to invest resources into building this out. Um, and I, I imagine, you know, particularly as of late, they're going to be working closely with regulators too, to say like, okay, we're doing it this way. Does that make sense to you? Thumbs up, you know? And so hopefully we'll have, uh, you know, a, a better engagement between larger, you know, institutions, asset managers, the regulatory space, and then with uh, the technology builders. Yeah. Beautifully said. Um, I think you hit a lot of the right notes. And what I was just going to say was like, you know, the bank of New York Mellon, I mean, they're like the oldest bank in, in America right. or something like that. And they're like, you know, going all in on crypto. It seems like every other day I see a headline about Due to customer demand, we're launching this kind of product or this custody service. And, you know, it's it's definitely happening. Um, and yes. so I think that this is all very bullish for, for our ecosystem. Um, it kind of cements in, in uh, Bitcoin, in my mind, uh, it cements it as uh, just this alternative ecosystem uh, that, you know, it seems like it really does have a clear pass from the SEC and from the CFTC um, about, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're on your own. You know, we're not going to be coming yeah. after uh, Bitcoin, it seems. So I think Bitcoin's like, you know, totally rallying pretty hard uh, right now because also the bank failures, it's got the Lindy effect. It's the, yep. you know, the first one, right? Everybody trusts it the most. Um, but yep. let me ask you, uh, besides Bitcoin, um, mm-hmm. what ecosystems do you trust? What are you bullish on? Um, who do you like? Yeah, so as I mentioned, we're we're incubated by um, by Ava Labs and, and backed by that team. And what what and they sort of drew me Avalanche, back? right? Avalanche. That's exactly right. The developers of Avalanche. So, um, w- what really drew me back into the space and and this opportunity is um, just the, the caliber of talent of that founding team. And you know, quite frankly, the the, the full company. Now I've had a chance to meet uh, many of them. Um, but these are true. You know, their background for people who don't know, they came from you know the computer science uh, department at Cornell um, University. The the founder was you know twenty year professor, just sort of like a, a legend in encryption, and has been you know in this space uh, since you know for as long as Satoshi. <laughs> or, or longer. But um, so so that was super impressive to me. And I think that is another thing that's different about, you know, the last two year, two to three years versus, you know, the 2017, 2018. I think that was driven by a lot of like really young, hungry and super smart and intelligent teams. Now you have people who have, you know, been been building things in, in, in you know, academia and big tech uh, who truly understand like how to build, you know, enterprise grade 
uh, platforms and products and, and truly understand, you know, the, the aspects of encryption, but also understand the use cases. So it's, yeah. you know, it's one thing to like build really cool products, but you have to understand also how to apply those to real world use cases. And so now this space has, um, you know, and there's, there's several other teams out there as well, but, uh, you know, just in my direct interaction, um, you see more of that talent that just truly understands like both worlds, financial marketplaces, real world use cases, you know, cloud computing and then decentralized computing. Those those things together um, are super powerful. Yeah. And hey, Amazon says the same thing that you said. They partnered with uh, with Avalanche, I think uh, maybe a month ago or something. So uh, you're yeah, in that's good right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was meant one of many. There's There's been, you know, like I mentioned, the KKR and Securitize announcement, there's been other cloud providers, but I really like their focus on like, we're going for infrastructure, real world, you know, the the synergy between, um, you know, cloud computing and, de- and decentralized uh, distributed systems, I think is very powerful. It t- that takes, you know, a while to, to build out and invest in, but those are the right types of partnerships versus, hey, we're launching another meme coin, uh, you know, and like, you know, pump, pump it down, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so I really like these, uh, the real world applications uh, that's being built out. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, and, and with Enclave Markets, you know, how big is the team? I'm curious just about like what it's like to run uh, an organization like that. Is it a DAO or is it just like a straight up company? And um, how do you kind of manage it? Yeah, um, good question. So uh, it is a hybrid model. We are, uh, we're Enclave Markets is Inc. So we're, we're incorporated. Uh, the team is about 15 people. And, uh, but the way that we think about the platform, the fully encrypted exchange platform is we are, we are one component of uh, this network of the testers. And so right now there's, we're starting off with four testers. We'll, we'll probably expand that to, to eight or 10, something like that. And then you just require a quorum of those testers to be able to push system updates and things like that. And so our role really is to, uh, to, to think through, build out and propose, you know, updates to the, the FEX, um, the FEX model in the marketplace. Um, and so that's sort of what we do. So we don't see, you know, we don't see ourselves as sort of like the monolithic exchange operator, but we're, we're sort of like thinking of new features, new marketplace types, uh, proposing that. And then that gets, you know, that gets uh, approved and, and pushed out. And as long as, you know, as long as it's basically in line with our core, you know, value propositions, um, you know, we, we've had, we've had great collaboration there. Love it. Um, and before I let you go, um, we, we like to ask one question to everybody that comes on the show. And it's a kind of a simple one, but um, as an expert speaking to somebody who might just be new in the space, um, what's one word of advice or one word of wisdom that you could kind of uh, leave us with uh, that might help us along our crypto journey? Sure. Yeah. I mean, hopefully this isn't too high level, but one one uh, driving force that's always uh, benefited me in, in my career is uh, always having a sense of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a type of person that like loves going down YouTube rabbit holes or, or Wikipedia rabbit holes or Reddit, you know, forums. Um, and I think just having like a true sense of, um, a, you know, true sense of curiosity and also wanting to understand things fundamentally, um, you know, go, going back to like first principles, like how how is this create, you know, how is creating like economic value what is the, you know, what is the value being derived from this platform or from this, you know, marketplace or this asset, whatever it is. So asking those fundamental questions, it's never honestly like as complex as people make it sound. I learned this in business school where finance is just a bunch of like 25 cent terms, but 75 cent words, you know, it's not like, (laughs) 
Like, why are you saying, you know, capital instead of like money, right? It's just, or leverage Basis instead points of instead of percentage. Yeah, points. bits, right? Yeah. <laughs> some people get, get those confused. But like, it's just a different language. And I think it's just so that, you know, some intermediaries can charge tolls, right? And, and sound really smart doing it. But um, so don't get intimidated, I guess, either by the, you know, financial terms, but also that applies to uh, technology concepts too. Yeah. Because, at, you know, at, at its like, at its basis, at its, you know, the, at its foundation, it's very simple uh, concepts. And so trying to break things down um, at those low levels and just not letting like vocabulary get in your way um, and uh, having that confidence that you can truly understand these things at a fundamental level. I mean, it, you know, uh, you know, almost everybody can, honestly, with, it, with enough curiosity, enough reading and enough uh, investment in it. So, Man, yeah, could have said it better. Uh, I, I think that's a great note to end it on just because, you know, at the end of the day, man, uh, we're all here to learn. And if you think you're an expert, Go back to square one because you don't know what you don't know. And, and there's always something to learn. And trust me, whenever I hear a, a Vitalik uh, presentation, I'm just like, oh, my God, I am I am so noobish. I have no idea what I'm yeah, doing. Absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Uh, killer. For sure. Well, well, David Wells, uh, CEO of Enclave Markets, thanks for joining us today on the Crypto 101 podcast. We hope to have you back on again soon when you're uh, coming out with some more updates. Awesome. Thanks so much, Bryce. Really appreciate it. All right, everybody who's listening at home, take care uh, and stay tuned because we've got some more guests coming up later this week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.